love, that ever-flowing liquid fire of life, ever-expanding and illuminating truth, which is always revealed with wisdom, a spiritual nutrient necessary for vitality that is maintained through selflessness, a filter of ether that aids purity, which is love, love, a limitless paper lantern floating into infinity on the intentions and actions of initiates of the mysteries. All right, welcome everybody. We have Shreya Anastasia, Anastasia with us. How you we doing, Shreya? <laughs> Anastasia, yes. Hello. You having a good day so far? I'm having a great day. I'm talking to you. Um, it's sunny. I'm loving it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I like to dive right in with these questions. So the first one, right out of the gate, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful that I'm here breathing right now. That's mm. a pretty good start. Um, I'm grateful that I have amazing people in my life and I get to do what I love every day. So, but yeah. first and foremost, life. I'm, I'm very grateful I can be here. Yeah, life's pretty swell, I would say. Yeah, I'm <laughs> loving it. I haven't always loved it, but this year I've definitely uh, just fallen in love with life, and that's an amazing feeling to feel again. Mm. Yeah, I can I can relate with that. This has been my year in so many ways. May, can I ask you how old you are, like, without being rude? <laughs> I know, like, I'm 25. Okay, okay. I was just curious because I'm in, like, I'm 33 this year and I've heard that's like the Jesus year where you like are, are rebirth. So I was just wondering if maybe that was, I was connected with other people on that level or whatever. I'm not spiritual or religious, but. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because um, like in my mind, the, the age 30 is like, that's my year. Mm. Like that to me is when things are going to start really picking up. So I'm really excited about 30, which I, I'm really happy that I get to be excited about turning, getting older. Like that's, a, <laughs> yeah. I don't think many people or the people I talk to are, they're like, oh, I'm old. I'm getting old. And I'm like, I'm excited. Like I'm here another year. Life's good. You know, not many people, lots of people don't get to grow old. So I'm very lucky that I'm mm. growing older as the years pass. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good outlook to have. Um, could you ex like give me a couple quotes that you feel moved by and explain what they mean to you? Okay, well, you actually said the quote I was going to say when we were talking. Um, it's happiness, or sorry, comparison is the thief of happiness. Mm. And that I've act I actually have it posted on a post-it note on my mirror um, just to remind me daily of, if I get caught up in overthinking or comparing myself to others, then it's like, this is, this is negatively affecting you. So why would you do it? So that to me has been kind of like an everyday mantra mm. <laughs> and um, a good reminder. Um, another one I wrote down is uh, you are enough. I, I do get caught up in again, comparing myself and not feeling adequate enough. And um I think when we just come from a place of knowing that we are enough just as we are and um, we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves, I think that makes life seem a little less daunting and 
um, interactions with people or interactions with ourselves, I think a little less daunting and um, pressure inducing, I think. Mm. So those are probably like my two main quotes I like to remind myself constantly. <laughs> but. Those, those are really good ones. Um, I know for me, like, I always compared myself to other people and it really was like, it made me miserable. And then as far as like the enough thing, I, I suffered from like one or two extremes of thinking I was better than everybody else. Or like, I'm the biggest piece of shit in the universe and I can't do anything right. And I will fail at everything I try. Mm. So like finding that balance of being like, oh, I'm right in the middle and I'm, I'm pretty okay. Some are better, some are worse. Like, and being comfortable with that is like a real achievement because there always will be, somebody better and somebody worse than where I'm at with stuff. Like, I mean, I'm sure that I'm the worst in the, uh, in the world at something, <laughs> but like, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, I think knowing that you, there's always going to be someone more advanced or um, uh, less advanced in whatever way that is. I think that's a good um state to be in because you're not you know you're not ahead of everyone but you're not behind you're just where you are and I think that's a good place to be is just you're here you're in your journey and that's okay you're you're right where you need to be absolutely yeah that's so true um and it falls into like humility that's one of the things for me like I never really understood the concept of humility I thought it was like to be put your state of put yourself in a state of less than Mm. But it's actually like balancing out. Um, in my, my current understanding is it's like a balancing out of your positive uh, traits and your negative traits to where you're like, ah, I am right in the middle. I'm yeah. right where yeah. I should be with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really healthy place to be because um, then you're just not caught up in comparing or, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good place to be. For sure. Um, could you explain who you are and what you do? All right. Well, I'm a Sharia. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I don't know what I am, but um, I'm an artist and I make art. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's one of your pieces behind you, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, I just uh, painted on my wall because I love mushrooms and I thought, why not? So these are my shaggy inks that I, they're my favorite mushroom, so. Those are awesome. And they're edible, so mm. you can have them. And you can also, um, when they start to decompose, uh, they bleed out this ink substance. And I've actually painted with um, the ink from the Shaggy inks before. So you're my you're hero. Honest, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a little more creative in your materials, there's something for you. Mm. That's cool that like, you have a, a profound connection to mushrooms because that's one of the things for me too. Like, um, Back when I used to party and stuff, I actually used to grow them and I've developed like a profound fascination with them. And I find them to be um, a very good symbol for like personal growth and development in lots of ways too, because they feed off of decaying matter, um, which is kind of like, if you view it in like a sense of like um, negative emotions, like it's like an alchemical process in some ways. Um, because a lot of who I am today is kind of that same concept where I fed on the negative emotions and transmuted it into something else, into how I currently am now. Um, so I, I have a profound respect for mushrooms. They're fascinating to watch grow and um, they're just cool overall. It's nice to see somebody else have that like um, mycological enthusiasm, I, <laughs> I guess. 
Yeah, I'm thinking about like um, just growing regular mushrooms there. I forget which type there is, but there's like a bioluminescent one that like glows mm. blue that I would love to grow. But I mean, obviously that's a little bit more advanced than <laughs> I've never grown a mushroom, so I don't know what I'm working with. So hopefully in the future, cause I, I have over, I think 60 plants in my house right now. So I, I do relate and absolutely love being around nature and um, growing it and seeing the process of that play that's, out. That's so cool that you mentioned the bioluminescent ones. I, I tried to, uh, to grow them at one point myself. Um, one of the strains I tried to grow is like uh, the ghost mushroom. I want to say it's from Australia. Okay. There's another one that's like um, native almost to the area that I live in now, um, like northeast, uh, northeast, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, part of like Ohio, like the area I live in. Um, but wood-loving mushrooms are, weren't my forte, and it's like creating the substrate for them is pretty involved. Um, but I, I'm sure it's something you could you could figure out because it'd be cool to see what comes of that, so. Absolutely. Like I have this, like I want to do kind of a cool terrarium setup where I make like a mini world of like just mushrooms and plants inside of a jar. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's like my future like plant goals, I guess. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Plant goals, <laughs> apparently. So yeah. No, but that's would really love cool. To, would love to do the bioluminescent. I think they're so cool. And I, I don't know, I've always looked at mushrooms as kind of like this alien fungus like they're just so otherworldly mm -hmm. and you can eat them or they take you to portals like they're just very diverse and they're like they're just incredible i think they're a very interesting um fungus and yeah i love them <laughs> totally like i'm gonna i'm gonna throw two things two weird things out about mushrooms one um i did a spirit guide meditation a couple months ago maybe two months ago or whatever we were supposed to find a symbol and my spirit guide told me that the mushroom is my symbol. So like when I'm seeing a mushroom in real life or in dreams, I'm on like the right path in some ways. So That's I just awesome. kind of process that now with everything. Um, and then secondly, are you familiar with Terrence McKenna at all? Yes. I'm not uh, very well read in him, but I do know of him. <laughs> One of the concepts he mentions is uh, that mushrooms are, are an alien intelligence in some ways because they have like this, uh, I forget what it's called, but this thing on the spores where they could travel theoretically through the vacuum of space and then be seated. And then they're supposed to help transmit um, a form of elevated consciousness, specifically like psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. I always thought that was fascinating. Um, I just wanted to, to touch into that because you talked about them being alien. It's like, they really could be. Um, I, I definitely think they are. Like, they're just such an interesting thing. And um yeah there's just really nothing like them i'm always fascinated by them and i just like i constantly am looking at like um i think there's this one i was obsessed with it because i get like obsessed with certain mushrooms and it was i think i don't know it's like latin name um but it's called the bleeding tooth mushroom mm -hmm. and it actually like bleeds like this blood red liquid and it oozes out and it's like so fascinating like i don't know any other plant like that or fungus so yeah i i'm always in awe and they i definitely take inspiration from mushrooms just the different types and the textures and what they're doing with 
with themselves, I, I find that it does come through my art in some ways. Um, whether that's I'll do like open sores on people and I'll kind of take the inspiration from the bleeding tooth and put that around. They're just, they're just a constant inspiration to me. That's so cool to like meet like-minded people in that regard. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'll just go in the forest and take photos of mushrooms and just like be around them. And yeah, it's just, they give off this like very otherworldly realm feeling, I guess, whenever I interact with them. And I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, they're, they're very mystical. I definitely have probably hundreds of pictures of mushrooms in my collection <laughs> myself. Yeah. Um, did you feel like you were different than other people as a kid? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always feel, I always feel like I'm this weird alien person. Like, I feel like I'm going through the people motions, but there's like this disconnect there, I guess. I don't know if I'm explaining that, but. Um, I, I, no, I, I totally get it. I don't know. Okay. If I, I get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely would say I knew I was different from the other kids because um, growing up, I was very, like, um, I grew up in a very Christian household, um, very kind of removed from, uh, I guess, uh, like, immediate culture. Um, like, I wasn't allowed to go watch Pokemon movies or, like, listen to the Spice Girls or whatever was going on in the 90s. <laughs> I'm sorry for <laughs> laughing. Yeah, like nothing was, that was not allowed at all. Um, so I think there was this uh, gap between what I guess um, kids who were into that and who were able to do these things and I wasn't really. So I definitely think that played into like my social anxiety and feeling different and um, comparing myself and not feeling enough when mm. I was little. I definitely think that played a part. And now I've just come to the conclusion that, oh, well, okay, I'm just weird and that's fine. Like, I'm going to meet other weird people. And I think everyone's weird in their own way. Like, even quote-unquote people who you feel are normal in society, uh, they probably do things that are weird to us or vice versa. So I don't think it's that big of a deal as it was back then to me now. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty comfortable with myself and whatever weird tendencies come out like it's fine it's all good <laughs> yeah I, I find normal people to be some of the weirdest people ever because it's like what are they hiding <laughs> like that's yeah. that's what I think like what weird shit do you do behind closed doors um one of the sayings that I've come up with that I'm like really fond of is everybody's normal is abnormal to somebody mm. kind of like what you were speaking of in there as well and it's like yeah. I'd rather hang out with weird people personally like I don't like normal people, quote unquote, normal people that like watch CNN all day and, and like don't have any original thoughts and like yeah. are, are in like the, the cattle line of life. That's fucking weird to me. Like, give me, give me the wild people. Give me the Island of Misfit toys. Like that's, those are my peeps. <laughs> I love how you made that reference. Island of Misfit toys. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I mean, again, those are um, their lifestyles, but I find mine's different and sometimes it doesn't mesh as well. And that's okay. I mean, I don't feel like we, I don't feel like I need to force myself 
onto other people to accept me or want to be my friend. I don't think that's as a big issue to me as it once was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, you know, going through life, getting older, feeling comfortable and confident in who you are as a person. And that takes time and self-discovery and failing, (laughs) you know, like everything in life. I think it just takes time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for me that like learning to just be comfortable on my own and learning to accept my unique tendencies and not necessarily wanting to fit in because part of part of my life was so much like so much it was spent trying to fit in and trying to like fit in where I didn't belong trying to be that square peg in the round hole and it's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I'm okay just being weird now like a lot of people don't get me still like even in the circles I hang out with locally which is fine I can respect that they're different like I don't really entertain much of, of their life in conversation but I can still be like cordial and wish them well but like I don't have to really take interest in like what happened on sports center or like <laughs> stuff like that because it's never me but like it's cool if they like it I need a little bit more substance to my to my day yeah I know it's like well it's like well maybe the stuff I'm telling them is boring or not interesting to them and vice versa you know maybe mm-hmm. the things they tell me I I don't have any interest with and um and that's okay we're all different it's fine <laughs> Yeah, I find that when I talk about like tarot cards and like crystals and like whimsical shit to people around me, they don't really give a shit. It's just like no. I don't care about somebody's uh, batting average. It's all good. Like, I don't really care. Yeah, we're all we're all different. We're all individual, and that's where the beauty lies. Mm-hmm. I think I think if we were all the same, life would be very very boring and. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a role to play. We need mm-hmm. we need people that like sports just like they, they need uh, whimsical crystal. Tarot loving people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you first notice you were different and like what specific instance stands out the most when you're like, oh, I'm different than a lot of people? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, well, definitely when I was a child. So growing up. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of a specific thing. I think, honestly, I was a very, I still am to this day, but I was a very imaginative child. And I think, I think most kids just thought I was tripping balls when I was just like, (laughs) had a crazy imagination. So they were probably like, what's this kid on? Like, what is she talking about? Like, she's in her own world. Let's just not talk to her. Let's leave her alone. I think that was mainly <laughs> what I was um, coming up against a lot of the time. And um, yeah, I can't think of like a specific pinpoint occurrence, but I definitely think um, a lot of people may have been a bit uh, cautious when interacting with me just because I was like talking about invisibility or like different worlds and um all this stuff so yeah just just like your life experience as a whole was pretty much the instance where it stood out is kind of what i'm getting oh sorry what Uh, i'm saying like so just like your life experience as a whole was like one large instance of feeling um different than more so yeah for sure um just every situation i'm in i always feel different in some way and um whether that's not 
feeling like I'm doing the right, correct um, interaction steps, I guess. <laughs> I get it. I get I'm it. like, is this right? Am I doing this correct? Like, is this what normal people interact as? I, I find that that's always like coming into my life and I just have to not care about that so much. As long as I'm a, an honest and decent person to human beings, that's really what matters. Um, all my social awkwardness is just, it's an afterthought. No one's going to really remember that too much. And if they do, then they need to be start thinking about these mushrooms and tarot cards or something else because it's really <laughs> right. not that important. <laughs> right. I catch myself sometimes like, am I peopling right? And like, is this how I people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally relate. I totally relate. <laughs> um, do you have any odd experiences you were willing to discuss? Yeah, um, like paranormal or just like in general? Whatever, whatever comes to mind, paranormal, um, in general, whatever. Um, uh, I guess I could talk about how I saw UFO once. So um, this was, I'm going to say, about four years back. And um, we're driving around, around where I'm living in rural Canada right now. And we're going on the highway and there's this section of just farmland and open fields. So there's no trees or anything. You can see it clearly for miles. And um, I'm going to say about maybe like 400 feet from the road. Um, this is at, uh, I think, like 11 o'clock at night. So it's dark out. And there's this like silver disc uh, object just hovering um, about maybe two stories off the ground. And um, it has these oscillating light patterns going around and it's kind of like wobbling a bit. And I looked to my friend because my friend is not into like paranormal, whatever, uh, pretty like normal interests. Um, and she was like, what the fuck is that thing? And I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, are you seeing this? Like, this is right. This, you're seeing this, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I just got this sense that I should not be looking at this. Like, I, we should just get out of here as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, I don't know what that was. It was very strange. And I got like a negative sense from it that I we shouldn't stick around for too long. So... I don't know if that and it wasn't like oh like there's machinery in this field like it was hovering like two two stories off the ground um there's oscillating lights um there's no trees anywhere close to this thing so it wasn't like hoisted or lifted or anything so that was a bit strange so i'm not sure like what that was about but i'm i yeah probably a ufo i'm gonna say aliens because i like to i'd like i'd like it to be yeah that sounds freaking intense um yeah yeah it's one of those things that happens when it's just so surreal that you're like is this actually happening or am i just um projecting this image to like a regular machinery but i've never seen anything like this in my life and it was very large it was about the size of um if you put four cars together like that was probably the width of it so it was quite a large object whatever it was but yeah that was it was pretty intense 
Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Um, I had an experience one time where I saw I was outside um, a restaurant that I worked at with one of my coworkers, and we were smoking a bowl and a cigarette in the alley and we saw these two orange orbs come floating up to us and it was around the 4th of July so at first we're like oh it's just Roman candles but there was no noise and then they just kept moving closer to us slowly they didn't like dissipate and then they just kind of like disappeared and I was like what the fuck was that and then like um within like the last year or two years I reached out to that person again to talk about it just to make sure like it wasn't a psychotic memory of mine or something <laughs> like is I just being psychotic then and like he remembered it too and it was like surreal because he's like nobody believes me in that and it's like that was probably a year before I actually went through like a large portion of my journey and I felt like it was some kind of like other intelligence I don't know if it was aliens or what the hell it was specifically but like something checking on me but I also like find it interesting with yours how you like you had the intuitive sense to get the fuck out of there like and I think that that was probably exactly what you had to do because I feel like we're not supposed to see certain things or like we're not supposed to like get or understand certain things like so I don't know absolutely like um I remember telling uh, someone about it and they're like, oh, it was probably like a helicopter. And it's like, I know what a helicopter looks like. Like that is not, (laughs) it's not a helicopter. And, you know, people will try and confirm it as something else. And it's like, I know what I saw and um, it, I've never seen anything like it. And just the way I felt about the situation, because I have a pretty like positive outlook on aliens. I think, there's absolutely aliens out there. I think um, it's a bit ignorant to not even question that, like there isn't anything else out there. Like mm-hmm. the universe is so mind-blowingly vast. Like I don't know. I don't like thinking that we're just this is it. We're we're all that's here. I don't. I think that's a very limited view. And um, yeah, I just I if. You know, I was always under the presumptions that if I saw aliens, I'd be like, oh, like, this is awesome. This is incredible. But what I felt was very negative, And I felt like I just, I shouldn't have been looking at it. And we were at the wrong place at the wrong time. And we just happened to accidentally see this thing. So that was kind of like where, I, what, what I felt after that situation and during it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um. I really feel like when people kind of try to say that an experience was something different, it's mm-hmm. not so much to convince the person who experienced it as it is themselves because it's some shit that they don't want to have to digest. Like that's a helicopter because it makes me uncomfortable to think that it's people from, or like uh, beings from another planet or different dimension or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I, I mean, even with some of my experiences, like I think it's easier for people to, to write them off as, solely mental illness and to be like well maybe there actually is something to what he's experienced but that makes me uncomfortable to think that (laughs) like yeah like i think as human beings i think it's good to know that we don't know everything and that not everything can be proved i mean i think that's a good way to approach i mean obviously don't go out believing everything you read and without doing due research and you know Mm-hmm. Um, all that but to just think that we have all the answers i i don't agree with that I no think, absolutely yeah. 
we don't have the hardware for it. Like, I don't feel that we can understand everything. Like, yeah, I'm absolutely in that boat where it's just, sometimes we just, there's things that we're just not going to understand and we're not going to grasp and that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. No, totally. And it's like what you said about like, um, with their most likely being other, other beings, it's like, there's a certain amount of hubris and ego associated with thinking that we're the, like, we're the pinnacle of intelligence in, in the whole entire universe. Like, that's mm -hmm. <laughs> so egotistical. Yeah, bro, look at us. We're like the smartest things out there. Put that yeah. on some on some reality TV. <laughs> it's like, come on. If anything, the aliens are driving past Earth and it's like, nah, not today. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like going there. <laughs> I don't want to go slumming it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm going where there's levitating mushrooms. I'm going to that planet, yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. I would want to go there too. I don't right? blame them. <laughs> My dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a fun question. What superpowers do you possess or what superpowers would you want? Ooh. Um, well, I don't know if it would be classified as superpowers, but I do get like visions and I do get senses of the future. Um, just what I was going, like talk, going back to, you know, I get a sense about 30, like 30. I keep on getting visions about 30 and what's to come at that age. So things like that will come up. And um, I'm also good at like sensing atmospheres and people's energies really quickly. Like if I meet someone, I get kind of like a downloaded um, synopsis of that person and what they're about, even without them saying too much, I can get a really good reading. And it it's usually pretty accurate mm -hmm. um or i'll get senses where oh i shouldn't go down this one street or i shouldn't be at this place at this time certain things like that will kind of come up and i can't like there's no like definite pinpoint as to why i just get like the sense that i should avoid that or interact with a certain person and mm. everything kind of in between so i think Maybe that would be like a superpower. I'm not sure. Um, but if I could have anything, I think I would have uh, regenerating cells mm. and then um, also invisibility. Because there are certain times where I'm like, I just wish that no one could see me right now. Like, I just, I'm a very much, I really like observing like situations and I just like sitting back and taking it all in. And I think people think that's weird sometimes. Like if I'm at a party and I'm just chilling in the background and just, you know, just have hanging out, people will be like, you're not having fun. What's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you interacting with everyone or playing beer pong? And it's like, I just like, I'm good. I'm good mm -hmm. just observing and um, just being here. I don't know. So maybe that would be less uh, socially awkward if I like, couldn't be seen and I would do that but I don't know for sure um I like the ones that you uh said that you have um I have a lot of similar things in some ways and I think like the um reality of those is they both are and are not superpowers at the same time because they're intrinsically human I think that everybody possesses those in some element but it's a matter to which they're accepted and cultivated in people mm. so I, I would say that by awareness of them and by 
actually listening to them specifically or like following that, that might be the superpower in a sense to where you trust your, you trust your natural things yeah. that everybody has. Like, so they both are an art. And one that like, I think that a lot of people forget um, sometimes is I feel like you have like a healing thing too, just from your art and creativity and sharing. Um, and I don't know, like, you know yourself better than I do. <laughs> Obviously I've no, never talked to you. I want to hear what your thoughts. <laughs> but like, I know for me personally, having been through difficult things with um, mental illness and social anxiety, so social awkwardness, like depression, creating things and being able to share that kind of stuff with people or like just sharing um, my story even about those things that helps people. And that's healing. Like I used to have this concept of like healers being these people that could like wave their hands over like a broken bone and it would mend. But I really feel that like healing is more so like mental healing or like emotional healing, healing, spiritual healing. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the caveat is, it can only be accessed if people are receptive to it and actually like apply like what people are saying in some way. So I can heal people, but they have to like allow it to be, I, I guess, just like I feel like you could with by sharing your stuff, like you inspire creativity. Creativity is something that can heal people because that's healed me. So I don't know. It's just something to consider. No, absolutely. Um, I'm a firm believer in one word or one person can change so many lives. Um, uh, whether that's encouraging someone to go, go through with what they're considering their passion or something they're really into, you know, how, getting an encouraging word to, from someone they really look up to or their peers um, can just change a life completely. Mm. Um, I've, it, 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 it's, it's such a simple, small thing, but it, it does, um, just ginormous results and effects to people I find personally. And, um, I think also sometimes we're not ready for that information, um, or those words, um, we have to be in a place of acceptance and, um, just, yeah, just acceptance because I, you know, there are certain times in my life where, I've been told something, but I wasn't ready to hear it or take action or to put in the work to mm -hmm. make that happen. So, yeah, I think there's a time that we are open to that more and are able to go forward in that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's about being in um, the right place at the right time with the right mindset really for so, so many things. Absolutely. Every time somebody talks about like um, people being able to create great change or like having a profound impact with like small things, um, it always brings me back to this one experience I had when I was in uh, Northern California. And I'm sure people that listen to this <laughs> probably get tired of hearing it, but I call it like the three second exchange. I was uh, hungover and depressed walking through the Redwood Forest, the community forest in Arcata, California just like down on life and then there's like this uh redwood stump or a uh, log overhanging where i was walking and somebody was like smile bro you're in california and like it <laughs> it totally snapped me out of like where i was at in my head and i'm like holy shit i am in california like this is where i wanted to live since i was like a kid and i'm walking in like one of the most magical like types of forests out there and here i am like feeling sorry for myself and feeling down when like there's mystery abound. And it was like, I didn't talk to the dude beyond that. Like, 
but yet six, seven years later, I still remember that. And like, now that's, that story is being passed along to other people and it's impacting them. Don't even know the dude's name, but it's like, that's who I try to be. And that's who I think so many people should try to be is just like instill that three second exchange in people. Mm. It's like, who the fuck was that stranger? I don't know. They changed my whole concept of what it means to change the world. <laughs> like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes all it takes is just one word. And, hmm. um, and that can also be negative, you know, it can also be a negative, um, word said to someone that completely, uh, tears down their life, you know? So I think we, for me, I need to be more mindful of how I speak to others and, um, what I'm getting across or what I'm talking about to other people. Mm. And, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's very true as well, because like there's, I'm, I'm sure that I'm not alone in this, but there's little things that I can remember from my childhood, like just one or two words or a sentence that kick around in my head. And it's like, it's sometimes like in my darkest moments that those thoughts come up and the people that said it definitely didn't mean it as, as deep as it scarred me. Yeah. But it's still that present and like that deep in me. I think that that's a good point. Like that's why, um, Focusing on what we say is really powerful. Manly P. Hall talks about how how powerful the word is. And he says the word has three uses. The word is hope. Or no, the word is truth. The word is hope. And the word is fear. And the word is fear is the most commonly used, which is why people put each other down and salt people because they're afraid of whatever people are doing, really. Because all, mm. all negative things, in my opinion, stem from fear. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like any human, I'm, I'm, I fuck up, I make mistakes, I'm still learning, but knowing that you're gonna make mistakes some days and just, you know, try again, just mm -hmm. keep trying, you know, I think that's, that's a good way to go about being more mindful and um, becoming the person you want to become, you know. And hopefully that's a better person and a, a more kind and loving person and someone who inspires others and goes after what they want in life and mm -hmm. makes a difference big or small in the world, I think is a really powerful thing to aspire to and want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm of the mindset if I'm not making mistakes in a day, I'm fucking up by not making any mistakes because all my growth comes from making mistakes. Like I'm never like things are going really well and I'm doing great. And, uh, I'm just going to change what I'm doing because it's working so well for me. <laughs> like it's normally like, Oh, that hurt. Like I shouldn't have done that. So yeah, I think making mistakes is crucial to development. Um, I, I know that like when I listened to Ryan interviewing you, he pulled a tarot card for you and I've done this for people before as well. And I feel like this is just a good time to randomly pull one for you. Okay. You yeah. I'd love that. Okay. Um, I'm just going to shuffle it like this so you can see and you can okay. tell the stat. Should I just tell you to stop whenever? Or? Yep. Tell me to stop whenever you're ready. Um, now now okay yeah do you want the first card or do you want me to take some cards and put it on bottom um can we do the cards on the bottom yeah how many do you want me to take off top and put on bottom um let's do three okay one two three okay now the moment of truth oh damn Ooh. 
Ooh. So what image stands out to you the most on this? Um, I'm going to say her staff, is it? Yep. Oh, no, it's a spear. Staff a spear. spear. Yeah, that that's really, that's what's kind of catching my eye. Okay. All right. So for me, the spear kind of represents your own battle, your own like warrior essence, um, whether it's you battling your elements of yourself that wish to suppress you or battling to get yourself out there, I guess, mm -hmm. as well. Um, that's kind of what I get from it. Also, mm -hmm. it's, it's decorated with feathers and like these little poofy things. So yeah. feathers, obviously, like flight. Um, birds tend to with the exception of like flocking birds there's also like these solo birds and that's kind of what i get from you like an eagle type concept hmm. or, or or like these are vultures there but i don't think the feathers are from the vulture no. red is like a color of uh intensity or passion <laughs> so i get like that's that, so funny i get that um, passion sense from you no go ahead um, red is just, uh, red and pink are like my main inspiration colors. Like whenever I sketch in red, I find that my ideas are just way more powerful. So that's interesting that there's red in the card and, um, yeah. Wow. And then for the white, that's purity light. Um, again, back to like the spear tip, it's kind of like, you're very pointed, very focused on what you want to do. Yeah. I would say the majority of the time, you're very refined and sharp at where you want to go in life. And then pulling back to the rest of the card now, or let's actually zoom in. She's wearing a mask. And again, the mask is red, intensity, those feathers coming off the mask. Um, and in some ways, just from talking to you even, I feel like at some points you felt like you had to put on airs, put on a mask just to protect yourself. But oh it, yeah. But oh yeah, you for sure. Also notice like she doesn't have any armor on. She's just sitting there butt butt ass naked like She's a badass. <laughs> she is. She's a total badass. And like she has these scale the scale here where mm -hmm. it's, it's balanced. So it's like you're finding your balance by again, it goes back to that concept of rest receptivity where she's just chilling there, but she also has that yang concept of aggressiveness yeah. as well. Like She's ready for battle when the shit goes down, but right now she's chilling. Surrounded. Go, go ahead. Uh, that's interesting because I have um, like this sticky note above my studio that says preparation meeting opportunity. Mm. So it's like, even though I'm not where I want to be in my career, it's like I'm preparing for that, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I, I absolutely relate to this card. It's yeah. Just what you're saying is very, accurate to what's going on with me right now so hmm. i got some more stuff for you in, in okay. here too. i'm ready <laughs> okay and then so it's like there's the vultures around her too so part of her is dead in a sense is what i get from it too and it's like the vultures are there to scavenge that but mm -hmm. it's not it's not like a bad sense of dead like for me like the name of the podcast spiritual phoenix part of me is always freaking dying and it, mm. to me, it's like that weakness in me. It's yeah. who I was yesterday that was holding me back. And uh, this is off on a 
like back to what you had just said though about like wanting to be where you're like somewhere else in your career the thing i I, like i'm obviously not where i want to be either but the thing i've kind of recognized is you will never be where you want to be in your career because if you're growing it's always going to be on the horizon really so it's like you have to embrace now like you'll get where you're supposed to be absolutely no i i love this um and then there's this tree growing and there's the left path, the right path, and she's in the center path. So if you go into uh, Kabbalah, um, it's like the central pillar. And that's mm-hmm. where it's like the unification of both elements to like a balanced state yet again. And it's like being in the middle uh, and having the sides of both um, the giving path and the, and the taking path, like the path of community and the, and the path of self. But having it in balance to where you're able to flow into all those things and get the benefits, all of them, and maybe avoid a lot of the negative consequences of all of them. And it goes again to all the masks of who you thought you should be, who you thought you were, who you thought you had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then above all of that is like this other tree, like source energy um, with another face. And it's like, that's kind of to me represents everybody putting a face on or not everybody but a lot of people putting like this concept of what higher power is out there source energy whatever you want to call it but ultimately that's still a mask that we just see because it's like we were saying earlier we can't know like (laughs) we can't know everything we have limited hardware so yeah um i'll give you like the the book definition of that really quick too okay I think you did a fantastic job at describing it though, so. Thank you. I just like to check myself sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so that one is punishment. <laughs> <laughs> like mine's all positive, it's like punishment. Um, That's eternal, so funny. <laughs> eternal law above human law, new karmic balance. I got the balance element, right? Yeah. Um, harmonization again i got harmonization right and perfectionism um mm-hmm. so i guess i was pretty down and i like my definition better than what the hell it had to say <laughs> i i don't know i think with tarot cards there's never like a, a negative definition i think if we we come at a place of learning mm. i don't think anything's really negative um, i, I agree with where, that that's where i see it but um yeah, definitely the perfectionism, because that's something I do struggle with a lot of the time, you know. Um, I just always have this, like, idea in my head of what I need to be, and then there's, it's very unrealistic to, um, yeah, it's just an unrealistic goal, and I need to just let that go, that idea of perfectionism, because perfection isn't a thing. It's not real. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can be perfect or you know, achieve ultimate perfection, you know? Yeah, and it goes into the same concept of like wanting to be somewhere else in your career. Even if you could achieve perfection, I feel like it would be like an addiction in and of itself. Like, how can I be more perfect than I already am? Like, yeah, I mean, something's always going to come up. It's like you get to a level and then it's like, okay, well, I'm not happy with this level. I want to, you know, (laughs) advance. And it just keeps on becoming this negative holding cell of your mind and your body and your soul. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting that like, that came up because it's something that I'm working on, you know, just letting go that idea of 
I'm not perfect and that's okay. You know, it's, it's fine. It's a bitch. Perfectionism is something I struggle with and it, um, it really is just a matter of letting go of it. Like, like, you know, um, I think it's interesting too. like, so many things are, are like my concept of happiness. Like I used to put happiness on the horizon. I'll be happy when X, Y, and Z happen. But the thing is, whenever I do that, it never happens because it's always constantly on the horizon. So it's like, what can I do to be happy now? What can I do to be successful now? What can I do to achieve my dream now? Cause yeah, it goes back like into the concept of this is what we have is, is now. <laughs> I, I completely agree with that. It's like whenever I get caught up in overthinking a situation or not where I'm at, it's like, well, I never thought I was going to be this at this point in my life doing what I'm doing at this second. Um, I need to just be fully enamored in what I'm doing right now because this mm -hmm. is what matters. And this is, this is it, you know, this is my, you know, five years ago, I would never even imagine me being in this moment. So this is happening and you need to just um, be in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's like so beautiful, like being intoxicated by the moment of life itself and like how life is unfolding is, is surreal. Yeah. Um, like um, I was working on a piece a few days ago and I was just like, I've never felt so excited to just work on something. Like I was just so in love that this is my, this is my evening. I'm doing what I always wanted to do. Um, I have everything I need to do it. Like how I'm so grateful for this. And this mm. is just such an amazing moment that I'm a part of um, creating. So, yeah. I think yes. when we simplify things, it, it makes it a bit easier to uh, dwell in that. Mm. Even you sharing that experience, like brought like a sense of warmth to me. Like it just made me get like this deep smile. It's, it's surreal how that works. Like, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> what circumstances do you feel shaped your life? Um, well, I, I don't know how in depth I'm going to go into this because it's a very long story and, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to drone on, but, um, essentially five years ago when I was 19, I started to get symptoms of, um, in my legs and my feet. It, I, it felt like someone had dropped like a hammer on like my bones mm. at the top of my feet. And then that progressed into like the sensations of needles being like shoved in my feet and then extreme burning temperatures. So just the most beautiful feelings. <laughs> to feel. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I went to doctors, I went to clinics, I did scans, every kind of test, specialist, everything you can imagine. Um, I tried and I was constantly met with, we don't know what this is, we're not sure, we can't help you. So, and also I'm in extreme amounts of chronic pain every single day. There's no like break from it. It's not like, oh, I have two bad days and then three good days. It's like around the clock, 24 seven, you're screaming in pain, you can't walk anymore. Um, and you have doctors and specialists and clinics tell you 
we we can't help you we don't know this is something we aren't familiar with we've never seen this before and um so and that goes on for five years of my life so um during this these times uh it really did uh become clear how fragile life can be and when your health gets taken away from you you don't have too much you know um even through all the support and um love from people in my family you feel very isolated in those moments and no one understands what you're going through except for yourself you have to walk through this mm -hmm. and deal with this pain um and in a level of isolation that no one else can really comfort you so that in itself gets you thinking about uh everything in life and uh just being in it you wonder if you're ever gonna have a stable life or a life you are pain-free in or can somewhat be you know cope with um and you know years go by and you start thinking those thoughts less you know it starts to get less hopeful um you're really starting to make friends with the idea of ending your life mm. because it's such a low quality of life and the pain is so extreme that it's just the most logical um, scenario to end it for yourself. So that was kind of where I was at five years into that. And at that point, my mental health had completely gone down the drain, multiple mental breakdowns daily. Um, I, I couldn't, yeah, I just, I had a very, it was extremely hard to get through every single hour of the day and not to be completely devastated at what's going on in my situation. And so um, I think it was 2016, I had gotten in touch with a doctor who I was talking to previously when this first started four years back but at the time he didn't have any information and i hadn't done all these tests and studies um throughout the years yet so he didn't have as much information but um i somehow got the sense that i should get a hold of him for some reason i just thought maybe i'll just he's kind of my last resort and if this doesn't work out then i'm just gonna take things into my own hands and end it and um, it, when I called him, he said, oh, it's so funny because I've been thinking about you for the past few months, like you've just been on my mind. And I had no contact with him for the past four years. So that was interesting. And um, he said, I've been in touch with some colleagues and I've had some success with this treatment. I've been giving my new patients involving um, balancing your brain chemistry because essentially what he kind of figured out throughout the test that I gave him was that my brain was sending mixed inflammatory signals to my legs and feet, which was causing the chronic pain and the inflammation. And um, he had a treatment to kind of balance that using dopamine boosting drugs and serotonin boosting drugs. So, and I just remember asking him on the phone before we started this treatment because at that time I was just completely worn out and I was so used to being dismayed and let down by doctors telling me they could help me and then you know three weeks down the road two months down the road hey we got to drop you we can't help you so I asked him I'm like 
is this going to work? <laughs> and, um, and he just said with such assuredness, he was just like, yes, this is going to work. And at that moment, I just like, I knew this was the right thing um, for me. And it took about three months to start feeling the effects of the treatment. And then fast forward to this year, and I felt <laughs> the best I felt. Sorry, I have a noisy street. I felt the best I felt in six years. So that completely shaped my life. And during these times, you know, when I was able to, I would make art because it kind of was the only thing that took me out of that place because drugs and painkillers didn't even help in any way. And art just kind of took me into this different world of just being in the moment and doing what I love. And it was so healing. And so after I got a bit more stable with my treatment and my mind and my mental state had kind of stabilized to a decent amount, um, I asked myself, it's like, okay, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And <laughs> instantly I was like, art, I want to make art. I want to dedicate my life to art and do what I love because uh, life can be very fragile and you never know what's going to happen. And having everything taken away from me really solidified that of what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And so I guess that would definitely was the turning point of how I changed my life and going after what I want to do and dedicate my time to making art, I think is the most important thing for me to do. That's beautiful. It made me tear up a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can relate to so much of what you said. Like I never had the, the physical pain personally, so I can't relate to that. But like not feeling like I would ever get better again. Like I think I had talked about before we started recording, like not feeling like I would ever be relatively able to function in the world again, or like to not be psychotic or like mm -hmm. things like that. And then to keep going regardless of it and then to like to have art or things like that or like um poetry or writing to get me through it and realizing that like that is what matters like that's what I have to do even if it's just as like a side thing while I work like a part-time job I'm not focused on money I'm focused on expression and like helping people um from what I've been through just like you're doing your art and talking about that experience which was something that was really uncomfortable for and a lot of people would have a hard time bringing that up I feel like um just to be like this is what made me who I am I have such profound respect for people that have been through shit like that and then to have the physical pain to go along with the the mental anguish associated with all of that like you're goddamn right you're a warrior <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> to get through that shit and I have like such profound respect for 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 that that's like what a real warrior is like people don't realize how fragile life is how fragile sanity is like mm -hmm. and how difficult it can be to claw your way out of your own freaking mind sometimes and yeah. out of your own darkness like that, that's yeah. one of the no go ahead um it's like it's a really funny thing that happens um or to me, my experience is that, you know, I could endure for a long time the physical pain because it's something you just get used to um, and that's your routine. 
but when your mental state starts to slip, then things get really terrifying and it's very, it's a very real situation then. Then something switches and um, it just seems like there's no hope at all. Um, but with that being said, as, as, as dark and as painful and as excruciatingly hard as it was to go through, um, it fucked up my life in the best way possible. It, I like it, how you said that. It, it really did. Um, it made me question everything I wanted to do and what I think is meaningful to do with my timeline here. Um, it just made things, everything clear. It made me so grateful and humble that I, I even get to be here, you know, talking to you. That's, wow, what an honor. Like, you know, a year ago, I, I, it was so funny because I celebrated my birthday in LA and everyone's like, so are you excited to turn 25? I'm like, yeah, honestly, I didn't think I was going to make it. So the fact that I'm like in California celebrating with amazing people, like it's, it's such a huge blessing and it, I don't take life for granted anymore. Whereas before, um, I think I had a very distorted view of reality and life and, um, now everything's a lot more clear and I'm so thankful I've grown so much from this and um, I've, I've just so many amazing opportunities have, have come from um, my intention and putting my mind and making up my mind to what I want to do. Uh, I'm doing things that I never thought possible this year. So that's like, it's so surreal and so crazy. Um, mm. Yeah. No, that's so awesome. I know for me, me as well, like, um, very much like what you said about how I forget how you said it, but that horrible situation was like one of the best things of your life and you wouldn't change it. Um, for me, like I, I view my th thing as like my cursed blessing and my blessed cursed in lots of ways. Cause it was like the best worst thing that ever happened to me. I think you said something along those lines, like Fucked um, up your life in the best way possible. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like the way you said it. That's so fucking cool. Um, but yeah, that was my experience too. And it's like, I wouldn't be anywhere where I'm at had it not happened that way. And I really like where I'm at in life today. And it's not, again, it goes not to like, not about being about the, the monetary elements of it, but like getting to do what I like, getting to have conversations that are meaningful with people um, about things that I find meaningful, like the nature of reality, um, turning suffering in, into strength, like, mm -hmm. and connecting with that stuff. And it's like, it seems to me some of the most creative people have some of the most tortured past, but it's from them being able to translate all that pain and suffering into beauty. Um, yeah. That that's it, where like strength comes from. Absolutely. Like it took me, it took me a long time to get to this point of, cause I think in the middle of all of it, it was like, oh, poor me, life's happened, this is tragic, I'm a victim. And then, I mean, it took me getting stable mentally to put things together, because um, obviously with my mental state's not there, I'm obviously not going to make these positive changes in my life. Um, that's just not going to happen to me. So, um, yeah, and and then I just decided that one, I don't want to become a victim of my situation. I, this is a lesson, a huge ass whooping of a lesson <laughs> um, that I can't just 
let affect me negatively. And I can't let that steer the course of my life to not trying what I want to do and to go after um, my dreams and my goals. Like I can't let that stop me. I can't let my past dictate my future. Um, oh, yeah. And that took a very long time to get to that point of realizing that I don't want to become a victim of my situation. Mm. Um, I want to uh, be, I want this to grow me. I want this to um, take me places and to be grateful for my opportunities, you know? So yeah, I, honestly, I'm just, I'm thankful that I'm at this point and I'm thankful that I learned the lessons and I'm still learning lessons. Um, but yeah, that is something I never thought I would be able to say. So it feels really, it feels fucking great to say that now and to be okay with where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You have, um, I'm so grateful that you had that experience as well, because you really have a gift that you can share with other people um, mm -hmm. with your art and with your story. And I really feel that you're going to make a difference, not only in your own life, but in other people's lives as well, um, just by sharing what you've been through and how you parlay that into where you're at today. Um, there's this concept in the art of war where Sun Tzu talks about always leave your enemy a path to escape. Um, and I, I relate it to my addiction and it's relative to your situation as well, where life had you cornered and you had no path to escape. So the only thing you could literally do was fight like hell out of it or, or fucking die, really die and be, or, or be miserable for the rest of your life. And you took the, the more difficult road of pushing back against life and the experience that you were handed and not playing the victim card, which so many people want to stay in that mentality. I know for a long time I did too. And it's when you can transition from victim to victor of your circumstances that things open up <laughs> and like you, you get such a, like an awesome headspace. Like I'm, I'm so grateful that you're able to do that. Yeah. I was, I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking um, to someone about this the other day and it's like, um, and this has kind of taken me a year to kind of figure out and get familiar with, but I think there's this universal magic that happens when you set an intention and you just decide, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that and to achieve that, um, whatever that may be for the individual person. Um, but the more hard work I put into my craft and the more time I dedicate to it and the more I believe that this is going to become a reality, I find the more opportunities come, the universe kind of backs you up in weird ways. You get connections to people. Um, there's words that come to you. Uh, there's just these little synchronicities that start to happen. Mm. And it starts off small. It's not a big thing. But the more you're in tune to picking up those synchronicities, the more you're like, oh, like, I see you, universe. Like, <laughs> <all right." laughs> like okay. So, um, yeah, just like, I think intention and really going after what you want to achieve in this life um, has this magical component that happens. And it's a very surreal thing. And um, if you look for it, you're going to find it. Mm. You know? It's you like the positive that. snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a couple more questions for you. Like, I don't want to hold you up all day. No, I, you're fine. You're good. I'm a chatty Kathy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, 
I kind of feel like you ex expressed what positive lessons you learned from your negative experiences, but I'll give you the opportunity to address any you might not have addressed if you'd like. Um, well, I learned patience. <laughs> that was something <laughs> that, you know, I want to be recovered and I want to be recovered now. Why isn't this working? Um, why aren't the doctors figuring this out, you know? And I think just being patient. Um, and even when I found the treatment to help me, um, there's always this, this, you know, thoughts of, okay, well, why isn't it working instantly? You know, um, well, it's taken me a year to get to this point of stability. Um, so I find that patience was a really huge lesson that I learned. And even now it's like, even with my art, even though um, I have an image of skill that I want to be in my mind. Um, I have to be patient getting there. You know, um, I, I don't think mastery is a destination. I think it's a journey, you know, you mm -hmm. never stop be on that journey. And so that's something that I really took away from that lesson of being patient, um, being humble, um, knowing that a word and your time with someone can deeply and profoundly affect another human being. And um, you are enough. I think that's a, a lot of the lessons that I learned from that situation. Mm. Yeah. Those are all, all amazing lessons. I, I mean, in a culture of instant gratification, um, patience really is such a virtue and it makes the experience overall um, so worthwhile because you you know how how damn hard you had to work to get to where you're at and you don't want to do anything that would jeopardize what you've created and that plays into um, humility as well or being humble because you understand what you had to do to get there so it teaches you to to be humble um, I, I mean all those things I feel like really co-mingle co um and they all build upon each other in lots of ways um and i think that those are crucial things that as as a species in general <laughs> we need to learn more like not even as a cultural level people across the board need to learn that um because we we want everything yesterday and we want to be um arrogant about it and it's like Everything that I have, I don't even, I actually don't even have anything. It's all, it's all on lease from <laughs> source energy, whatever you want to call it. Any talent I have comes from that. And I mean, granted, I have to do things to cultivate it and hone it in, but I wouldn't have the ability to do that without something greater than me. That's just my belief. I, I mean, other people are entitled to believe whatever, but. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen the universe wink at me kind of like you had alluded to with like things people say, synchronicities, and it's, it's so profound. Um, it's cool to see people on, on that same journey. Um, yeah. And, and also it's like what you think may not, if there's a situation and you're just like, Oh, that was like, that was irrelevant to happen. Sometimes that situation can prove very worthy to your future, whether that's in an interaction with someone or you doing um, a commissioned work for someone or, or featured as a guest or whatever it is. 
um, that can also lead to future opportunities that you never even dreamt of happening. Because maybe someone was like, hey, I saw you on that thing, or I, I checked out your art. I would like you to come with this opportunity. You know, you just never know what one interaction with someone um, is going to bring in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to, like for me, I, I've had to learn to say yes, um, push myself outside of my comfort zone, mm -hmm. and then evaluate circumstances that, every circumstance, everything is freaking profound. Like, if I actually think about it logically, it, it's my ego that makes things mundane, like, because we're on a, on a ball of dirt spinning through God knows <laughs> what, like it, thousands of miles an hour, like only here because of these exact perfect conditions. How is anything not fucking mysterious and amazing? Even if like it is as mundane as the thing I had talked about negatively, somebody talking about sports center. Yeah. Like, fuck, dude, people are transmitting these waves and people playing this game as we're on this. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, mind blowing. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and maybe I could learn something. <laughs> I shake my head as I'm saying this. Like, I'm like, I don't believe what I'm saying. But maybe <laughs> like some profound connection that comes from that conversation. And even if not, maybe being there for that moment that I'm having that conversation will allow me to be in another circumstance at the exact right time I need to be to hear something, see something, think something. Yeah, it's it's so funny because there's so many times where I'm interacting with someone and it's like we're talking about normal people things. And then just out of the blue, this person will just start talking about something that's super impactful and meaningful, just like randomly. And I'm like, whoa, I would have never felt or um, had this knowledge if I hadn't started talking to you in the first place, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think, and then every time it's like, oh, of course, like I should have been open to the situation in the first place. Like I shouldn't have been like, this is just someone who I'm just gonna, you know, chat the wind about. Like, um, yeah, it's like, if we look for it, we're gonna find it. You yeah, know, and a, if we're open. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the Celestine prophecy in some sense, where like everybody has like a puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of like me being receptive to the puzzle piece and then maybe spinning it around a bit to fit in the slot that I need. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. Mm. Um, what songs or bands have lyrics that most resonate with you at this moment? Um, right now, um, I really enjoy Led Zeppelin, but mm. my all-time like favorite band would probably be, they're like a Canadian band and they're called Timber Timber. And um, I was, it was so funny because when I was in California, I'm like pimping them out to everyone. I'm like, you have to listen to this band, but they're like, I don't even know how I describe it, but it's like paranormal, psychedelic, folk, swamp, rock music. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's just like, it's such an eclectic, um, like sounding music. And they've built this like otherworldly realm within their lyrics. So you're really transported to a different place. And um, it's, heavily like paranormal influenced and um it's just if you actually like break down their lyrics they're very very interesting um so that constantly inspires my work um there's this one song by them it's called sewer blues and i have in my mind eventually in the next 
while I want to uh, uh, illustrate like a graphic novel, but I want there to be like a paranormal strip club <laughs> in it. So that song, like if you listen to the song, um, that's kind of where that idea stemmed from. So I will find that I just am constantly getting inspired by their songs and everything they do. So that's so cool. Maybe when we're done, you can send me a link to some of their um, yeah, stuff. Yeah, I for sure will. Absolutely. I'm always looking for new music and it's cool to like get people that are like from a different area. Not that Canada is like that much different than the US, but like you obviously have, there's different influences and you're in a different area to where you're exposed to different stuff. So new music. Yeah, like it's, it's definitely a unique sounding um, band. So I, I know some of the people I've shown it to, they're just like, oh, this is weird. But I, I absolutely love it. I like weird music, honestly. Like weird psychedelic stuff is my thing. I'm psychedelic as hell even without doing psychedelics anymore. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what philosophy, spirituality, or religion religions do you find most in line with your understanding? And can you explain them um, as they relate to you? Um, well, I kind of dropped the idea of having a religion a while back ago. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of like, I have like a, a pick and choose kind of approach to everything. If I like it, it sticks with me. But my main things that I live for is um, be a good person, uh, go after what you want, and um, try and leave the world a little better when you leave it. That's kind of I can dig it. It's kind of like buffet style. Um, and yeah. it kind of goes on the concepts that are in pretty much every religion without all like the, the bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I'm not a big rules person. I don't like being confined by you can believe this. You can't believe that this is bad. This is good. Um, I, for me, that's pretty limiting and mm -hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> so if I like it, it, it goes in my, you know, life outlook. And if I don't, then you know, I don't participate. And that's just kind of how I, I've lived my life for the past few years. Yeah, I think a good spiritual um, thing to follow is don't be a dick and pretty much like everything else falls in <laughs> place. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that would be like my one golden rule. Don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like um, it. What do you perceive as your life's purpose? I feel like we've covered it, but I, I want to yeah. hear you define it. Um hopefully to inspire others but uh, definitely just making art and just yeah making art i guess that's awesome and if i inspire people or um get people to pursue their dreams on the way that that's awesome i'm mm. totally down for it but for the most part i'm just i'm very heavily focused on art I feel like you're living art though because i really feel like anybody that's been through circumstances such as you and then turned it into uh, a strong opportunity for them to mm -hmm. grow and pursue their passion that's like living art really mm -hmm. i feel like um and you consciously are living art every day by pursuing your dreams and by creating the life that you want by the choices that you make and how you how you show up to life every day so yeah even if you're not like creating art in the day you're creating art by by being you thank you that's yeah i love that thank you thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, um <laughs> what do you need to feel that you are working towards your goal um well i have a pretty solid routine that i've been at for this is my second year into it 
Um, but I get up in the morning, I do two hours or three hours, depending on where my brain's at, um, of studying. And that is uh, reading art educational books or watching tutorials or sketching, um, kind of like the preliminary background, boring, mundane stuff. And then uh, the rest of the day, I will just either work on commissions or get pieces done that I want or start new designs that I'm releasing. And that is most of my day every day. Mm. That sounds really good though. Like yeah, yeah. you need to do what you love every day. So it's, it's yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm quite happy with it. <laughs> that That's great. Um, if you had to describe your personal philosophy or condense your life experience into a few words, what would it be? Um, life's weird, um, but go for what you want. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Life is weird as hell. Um, I don't understand it. <laughs> there's a, a great saying that uh, Terrence McKenna, actually Terrence McKenna said it, but it's actually somebody said it before him. Life isn't just stranger than you think. It's stranger than you can think. <laughs> mm, I like that. I definitely, like that. definitely mm. been my experience. Um, who inspires you? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> everyone I've met has inspired me in some way. You know, I'm, I'm surrounded constantly by the most amazing, phenomenal people. I'm... It just blows my mind every day that um, I've I've had the most um, just purposeful interactions with people, and everyone brings something to the table and unique, and makes me look at the world differently or question things or um, perceive things. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm constantly inspired by everyone, and for artist influence, I guess inspiration. Um, there's this Polish artist and um, I think he died in like 2012 or 2013, but um, his name was Zdzisław Bekszynski, if I'm saying that right. And he did these like hellish dreamscape, surreal paintings. And when I first saw them, I was like, okay, I want to become a better artist. Like when I saw, because he was working as a bus engineer up until he was 40 and then he just quit and decided to paint for 10 years. And then he just became this like incredible master of his, of his art. And like, if you've ever, if you've never seen his work, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I mean, it's everywhere on the internet, but it's, it's so impactful for me and it makes me want to become a better artist and to like go after what I want to go for. So he's definitely like my number one OG. And then um, my second influence is probably H.R. Giger. I mm. love his work. It's like so dark and erotic. And I just like, I, I find it interesting because most of the people find these two artists, um, some of them are like disturbed by them or they're very uncomfortable with their subject matter. But for me, I'm very... I feel at home when I look at their work and it resonates with me. And it's like, that's what's going on in my mind 24 <laughs> seven. I love these guys. These are awesome. So if you've never checked them out, I 
I definitely recommend maybe giving it a peek because I find it absolutely delightful and it it makes me become, want to become a better artist and to um, just become more skilled in my craft and to really dedicate my life to that. Mm. Yeah, I like, I like how you said that everybody inspires you. Um, when people say things like that or people that are close to, to them inspire them, I find that to be so profound. And those are like my favorite responses because when you're in that position, you have no like limit to inspiration. You're surrounded, you're swimming in it. And it's like, yeah. When I go to my 12 step meetings, I'm surrounded by a bunch of drug addicts, right? But it's like, <laughs> I don't mean that like, because I'm one no, I mean in a bad way, but it's like, they're all freaking miracles because none of them are using drugs, which is unnatural to drug addicts. They've all brought themselves out of the gutter from like various things. So it's like, I'm in that environment too. And then through doing this, like getting to interact with people that have done similar things, it, it, it's amazing to really think about how many levels of inspiration there are. And then in regards to the artist that you mentioned, um, I'd like you to send me a link to the, to the Polish person because Absolutely. I, I'm not familiar with them. Um, yeah, it was really, it was quite, um, he definitely wasn't as well known as he's getting right now. Like I think now he's kind of um, picking up some steam, but he like, like um, the way he died, it was just like, like he had a really tough go. Like his wife had cancer, his son committed suicide, and then he was stabbed to death in his apartment. And you actually get to see, um, I'll send you the link to his last painting that he did the day he got stabbed. But it's like, yeah, he was just this profound guy and he didn't really talk about his art. Like his art to him was just something he made. He didn't really have a, a deep meaning behind it. And same thing with Giger, like Giger would paint his dreams because mm -hmm. um, he felt like that was the best way to kind of cleanse um, his mind of them. So I think it's, it's, and I, I kind of feel the same way, way about my art. Like I don't find I have a purpose or there's no like intention or meaning behind it. It's just kind of what comes out. So I think that's um, really interesting. And also I find that people viewing the art will have their own personal um, interpretations of it. So mm. um, I'm always interested in hearing feedback from people, um, whether they're talking about my um, art or some other artist's art. Um, it's interesting to hear their interpretation of the piece or what they think resonates or the story that's going on. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this, but that's probably like, you're probably right. I don't know. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, it's so interesting to me to hear people's take on it. It really is fascinating to see how people filter reality through their lens. Um, one of the things I wanted to say about how you found comfort in the disturbing art, um, there's a quote by Banksy and it says, art is supposed to comfort the disturbed and disturb the yes. comforted. And I find that to be so true in lots of ways. Um, and I know for me, like how you said that you have these things that you have to get out. So you put it on paper. There's no purpose for it, like beyond just doing it to create it. Mm -hmm. That's how poetry is for me in lots of ways. Like I, I'm not gifted with the ability to draw in a profound way. Like I like the way I do my shapes and colors and shit when I paint. But like my, my strong point is writing, whether it be poetry, fiction, um, or things like that. And it's like that is how I get outside of myself or like, that's how I purge the cash in my mind. Like, um, but it, it's crucial. Um, I have, 
one more question for you. Um, actually, a couple more. I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's all right. Um, what books would you recommend to others or what books have impacted you the most? <laughs> uh, well, I like this is a really, I mean, I wish I had this like great like bookcase to just give you. And I do, but I'm the type of person who just has collected so many books and I just, I need to set time to read them because mm -hmm. I'm just so consumed with art nowadays. But um, I guess if you're an artist, I would recommend um, Anatomy by Michael Hampton. That's really changed my anatomy game. Um, he breaks it down really simply and uh, I, gone through quite a few anatomy books and I always got really frustrated with them and it's like why am I not getting this but he he's really good at breaking it down in easy understandable terms and um just really good at explanations and all that so I would recommend that and the last book I read well I guess it was an audio book so it doesn't really I don't know if that counts but um Rosemary's Baby by mm. Ira Levin um, that's like my ultimate favorite book and the author has such a gift for describing the atmosphere and what's going on in the room that you're actually like transported there and I've never felt that way with um, other books I've read like it was like I was there and he was just like talking to me in the room I guess so that one I enjoy but I do have one that I picked up um, that I am trying to read. I'm trying to like set a, like an hour every day to read, but that has yet to come about, but it's the four agreements. Okay. By Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah. So I just picked it up when I was in LA. So that is when I need to get on, but like everything, I'm just, I need to make time and I need to set time out for this, but right now art's just like consuming me and I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, for sure. I'm getting back into the creative swing myself. And it's like, I've instilled reading back into my habit more so, but like, I'll read like 20 minutes a night before I go to bed, like before I meditate and like go to sleep. But uh, mm. it's, it's so helpful to me because then it gets my mind out of the way before I go to bed. So I'm not thinking about like, fucking all the life I've lived and then all the life coming up that I'm going to live <laughs> like yeah like how I mainly get most of my information because like I'm working so much of the time and I can't like read and work at the same time so I'll listen to like audiobooks and I I'm heavily into podcasts like mm. I just I'll just I'll listen to podcasts for like hours and hours and so that's where I kind of get like a lot of my information or like learn topics and stuff so yeah, that's like my ultimate thing is to just put on a podcast and just to go to work. It's pretty amazing how many um, avenues of information we have currently in our culture. And it's like, we're, we're so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So lucky, I guess. That's how I'll go with a simple word. So mm -hmm. lucky to have all these different ways that we can learn stuff that weren't available to people. And it, it's awesome that you're able to focus on doing your art like if I'm if I'm doing art too I typically will put on a podcast or like if I'm making jewelry or something because again it is it's like you get to have you get to witness like somebody else's experience and then incorporate it and it's also like experience on demand where it's like what do I want to experience like what do I want to instill um yeah and there's just like there's so like 
podcast, I just like, I'm so in love with them because they're so diverse and you can literally listen to anything you want, whether that's educational or like con- comedy or like media influence. Like there's just so many to pick from. So I think it's a great way to learn um, while you're actually doing stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I have a really hard time with like sitting down and just focusing on a book. Like that's, my mind will like start to go off and then it's like, no, I'm reading this book, like focus on the book. And then it's like just trailing off. So I find that po- podcast, it's like you're forced to listen to and take in the information and do what you will with it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, before I ask you the last question on, on air, um, do you have like links that you want to throw out anything that you want to plug any um, way that people can contact you that you might want to put out there? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a Facebook art page if you are interested. And then I guess the main way to get a hold of me would be through Instagram and it's just Sharia.Anastasia. And do you want me to spell that out for everyone or? Yeah, you can. And then I'll get the links and I'll put it in the description as well. Okay. So it's just at S-H-A-R-A-Y-A dot A-N-A-A, oh wait, A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-Y-A. Yeah. I need to, I need to figure out a shorter like way of my handle, but I haven't gotten there yet. So it's all good. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the links uh, in the description as well to make it easier. Um, and, and then the last thing is I ask everybody to kind of take us out in their own words. Um, Oh, before that, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Of course. I had a great afternoon with you. Time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you like uh maybe sometime in the future if if it works for you we can come back on and we can talk about a topic you want to discuss or something a little less formal um absolutely Absolutely. this is as formal as i as i get i guess but uh, um yeah so you can take us out in your own words anything that you want to leave people with or anything like that all right well i hope all of you who are listening um I hope you are kind to yourself and kind to others. And I hope you are going after what you want in your life. And um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that you can do it. Mm. And you are very much loved by everyone. Don't believe. Don't follow. Do not consume. Do not watch. Largely what I'm talking about here is reclaiming experience. This is what's been taken from us. It's a self-advancing, self-expanding, self-defining process. And it takes no prisoners. The real world isn't a spiritual world. It isn't a material world. It isn't an empty world. It isn't a solid world. It's simply...